Hi, welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. My guest this week is Tamara Podemski, an actor and writer you may know from Dance Me Outside, Ready or Not, and Four Sheets to the Wind. She also wrote on the upcoming TV series Future History, which will be airing on APTN later this fall. And she stars opposite Emily Hampshire in Gail Harvey's new feature, Never Saw It Coming, which opens in Toronto this Friday, August 17th, at the Cineplex Young and Dundas. Tamara picked The Band's Visit, Iran Kolarin's 2007 culture clash comedy about an Egyptian police band that ends up stuck overnight in the wrong Israeli town thanks to a simple misunderstanding. The Egyptians don't really understand the Israelis, the Israelis don't really understand the Egyptians, and nobody's English is that good. But they're good people, and everyone likes music, and eventually they meet in the middle. And that's how this movie became a modest art house hit, and ten years later, a Tony-winning Broadway sensation. It's crazy, right? And if you've seen it, it kind of makes sense. This is someone else's movie. I chose, and I, because my father's probably going to be listening, I chose Bikur Hatiz Moret, which is the band's visit. Mm-hmm. And I guess the... the I, I thought long and hard about what film I wanted to talk about, and it wasn't necessarily that it was my favorite film, um, but it is a film that, since I've seen it, has stayed with me. And I and the the clarity of recall to certain scenes, it's just like, it's been, I don't know, 10, 10 years 11 now? 11 since it's been <laughs> 11? Yeah, 2007. And I can access those memories and those feelings and the 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 sensation and just the the quietness and the meditation on this humanity and people coming together that's that it's like um it's just it's always just at my fingertips oh, and so great. that his vision was so clear the storytelling was so clear it always just comes back in the news and then you see it and so watching this last year's tony awards and watching them sweep 10 tony awards yeah. i i'm just reminded oh it wasn't just that original moment that i had with the film it actually resonates and has resonated for for ten years and or eleven years, and um, and so I thought, well, that's worthy to talk about. Yeah, I'm always glad when people bring up something relatively recent because it does mean it's had that kind of impact. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always, I always find myself struggling with um, you know best of lists when I'm finishing something at the end of the decade. It's always the stuff that's further back that's lingered the longest. Yeah. That's easier to yeah. to pick. But the band's visit was one of those movies that. Just, I mean, I saw it. It slipped past me at the festival. I didn't catch up to it until it opened theatrically. And I went in, <laughs> I went in so cynically, uh, just because the sell on it had been, uh-huh. it's this pure, lovely, uh, guileless little film about communication and understanding. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that at a film festival, you're just instantly, it's like, oh, you want the People's Choice Award really yeah, badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw it, it's like, oh, no, it is. It actually is this thing that, that everybody keeps saying a movie is, but it's always part of the uh, the marketing plan. Yeah. It just, it is a genuine film. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, and, and yeah, the, 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 you know, the universality of it is, is one thing, but the genius of the presentation of having the band all wear those weird little Smurf uniforms yeah. <laughs> that set them out, set, immediately set them apart. It's, you know, it's an Egyptian band on their way into mm-hmm. Israel, uh, forced to derail their tour 
briefly uh, and then meet people who view them with suspicion uh, because yeah, you know, the color is so perfect though yeah. the sort of faded blue the robin's egg blue color because they don't look like they could be an invading force no and it's this gray um, just sand like just that desert yeah in openness kind of bleached blasted setting and yeah and and it it always just looks they look so out of place mm. but it's um i love these these stories that it's a scenario that would know these people would not be in the same company and so what you get with that is not crazy action you just get really interesting conversations yeah it's a film about awkward yes communication and i find myself laughing i i I laugh through it a lot but (laughs) i find myself laughing at the the awkwardness as opposed to the jokes of just people trying to make themselves feel comfortable and there's nothing comfortable about it um i think the other reason i i came to it so i i I appreciate that you know you saw it with after all the hullabaloo yeah and um and that's never i i always uh i I hate coming to a film when i've heard anything about it yeah i try to be as bold as i possibly (laughs) can and this was just one of those things where it's like oh you missed the bands it was so i know and then every yeah Mm. so my i had the the very unique experience of touring another film that i had done called four sheets to the wind Mm. and we uh the director and i sterling were in munich at the time and we had a little window to see one film And um, we didn't have a choice. It was, this is, if you're going to see anything, and we really wanted to see something. So we went and we saw this film. Unfortunately, we didn't realize we're in Munich. And so a foreign Uh, film in Germany would not have any English subtitles. But um, we went. The film is 50% English, which is why it didn't get nominated for that Academy Award. Um, but still, it is a foreign film, so it should have been. It's, it should yeah, have made the entry. We can talk about that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, the what we couldn't believe after, and what was part of the the mastery of of the storytelling was that we understood the fifty percent of what was being said, and yet we understood a hundred percent of what was being felt and experienced. Yeah, and that was the thing that made me both of us walk away and like in awe of how do you do that like that's him that's um it's Eran right Eran Kunirin um that's the director but that's the the performers I mean the performances like to not understand half of what they were saying but get everything that they were doing yeah it's the aesthetic, right? It's the it's making sure that everyone in the film is acting at that level. Yeah. A couple of reviews referenced silent movies, which I, th- wow. I immediately discounted, and then thought, no, actually, you're right. It it's, and it's part of the visual palette too. Yeah. It's it's the color code, the subtle color coding, yeah. and not too subtle color yeah. coding, and the way that everyone is pitching a little higher because they know they're not being understood. So. If you yourself don't understand them, you're yeah. going to be looking at the body cues and trying yeah. to figure out yeah. facial expressions. Exactly. And it really works. That makes sense. I probably could have watched the whole thing without sound. Uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> understood what was happening. I have seen a handful of movies that way uh, at various film festivals by accidents yeah. at Cannes, things like that. Uh, my one trip to Cannes, there was a, a documentary about Lawrence of Arabia that was made by a French television channel uh, and did not have subtitles for the French 
voiceover. Right. right. Uh, but everyone, all the archival material is in English. So right. again, I managed. Yeah. And my French is kind of okay. So I got through it. But with the band's visit, yeah, I think it would actually be the experience that um, uh, Roger Ebert described. He saw Nosfera 2. Uh, wait, no. I'm screwing this up. I'm actually remembering my own experience. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert once said that Nosfer 2, uh, Herzog's Nosfer 2 is a film that doesn't require dialogue because it's based on a silent and it, there is constant conversation, but because it's a vampire movie, that no one is ever talking about anything other than death. Right. And, and imminent, you know, the vampire is just sort of clocking time, marking time to make people feel comfortable before he can bite them. And it's all about this. And... I thought he was exaggerating until I saw it for the first time in a theater that had been shipped a French subtitled German print. And so I had to fumble through between my uh, base understanding of French, yeah. and this was maybe 20 years ago at the review, and they apologized when they, they didn't know, and they apologized when they got there and said, oh, you know, it's, uh, it's in German, but it's also French subs instead of English subs. We got the print from Quebec, and nobody, knew, nobody noticed. So we watched it, all of us, and most of us didn't speak French. And so there was this really uncomfortable feeling in the room for about 10 minutes until you kind of accept the rhythm of the film and, yeah. and understand that, yeah. they're, that Ebert was right. The dialogue doesn't matter. And in the band's visit, yeah, you're right. Even with the English stuff, it's not, none of it is really necessary because it's all about people moving physically closer together yeah. in tiny steps. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you just, the visuals tell the whole story. Yeah. I mean, it almost makes you think that it's a great test to put any film through <laughs> yeah. to watch it. Can you? Yes, in silent. But, but um, yeah, it was nice to be able to, to watch it again. Mm. How did it play in Munich? I mean, what, was the, what did the audience do? Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember. I had to, we had to watch so intently to, oh, sure, to follow. Course, yeah. so I, and uh, that I, I wasn't, I, I have no memory of how the audience, uh, how the audience responded. But it's a, I do remember that it was a very, it's a small film festival and it's packed. Every, every, that, I just, I remember that feeling that the interest of, you know, these stories from all over the world and it's a big city, Munich, but it's still a small, very intimate film festival. Um, and so I just, I, I, I just love because it's such a, a, a story of, of the heart and it's impossible to watch it without just feeling your heart open a little bit. And so I was just like this, you know, any place in the world where your heart is cracked open just a bit and you know that you're sharing this space with, you know, 400 other people whose hearts are cracking open just a bit. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was happy about that. Mm, that's lovely. And I can easily see Again, when it when they first announced that there was going to be a Broadway musical version of this film, I thought that was a step too far. But nope, it translates. It can yeah. easily translate. It's it's that amazing thing that happens when you find a story that like literally no one can object to anything that happens in it, yeah. and somehow it's not pablum. Yeah, that it's 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 sly and romantic and and. It's adult without being explicit about anything. It's just all very... It's just so smart. And I still was surprised, though. Yeah. Because in the same way that, um, you know, in, in the film world, it wasn't like a... It, it, crit, critic, it was critically acclaimed. It still is a foreign film. Sure. It still is... Nothing crazy happens in it. 
and and yet it it re it was just so far reaching and then i thought wow and competing in the broadway world they like their big show numbers and yeah. you see what it was up against but when it and and so and the music is beautiful and it also is about music like so that that part fits in but yeah, it lends itself to the for 10 tony awards at a time when it's competing with you know harry potter part one and two and yeah. just it's just it's uh it just confirms the the the, sim- the the simple message of people coming together and connecting well connect yeah connecting as 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 people in their loneliness yeah yeah and, and as they're lonely and but their loneliness is what almost makes them more uh, more uh inclined to want to connect yeah want yeah. to find that 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 access point um and and sometimes the more severe the loneliness the more the the deeper the desire yeah. to connect and you can connect over you know what does the kid ask do you like chet baker yeah. is that that's his that's <laughs> yeah. his passport that's his his language and it is it's such again it's such a lame thing to just say yeah. instead of to experience but music is the universal language and yeah. it's like, it says, oh, we can all communicate and yeah. it's like yes but we actually can yeah. there is something I, I was in I was in Germany two weeks ago for a wedding um, in this tiny village outside of Cologne it was my first time in Germany and uh, the wedding the music was I mean it was a DJ and yeah. he was kind of going through the basic hits but uh, it was an English family and a German family uh, and the <laughs> if you put on Wonderwall, one you know the it's it's become a football song. So all of the Manchester people just flood and sing wow. along and dance, and all the Germans just immediately retreated and to the other side and just watched this insane thing that was happening. And then there was a polka, an yeah. actual unironic polka, and yeah. everybody <laughs> sort of did a conga line to it through the and and all the English people just receded to one side, and and the the Germans did their polka, and. As the, as the Canadian, I was just sort of staring and thinking, I don't understand either side of this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what, what was the song? Yeah, there was a, a, a house music cover, somehow, of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads. Yeah. By, I'm going to say, either a German or French artist. It was totally a European Take Me Home Country Roads yeah, kind yeah, of performance. Yeah. And it killed. Everybody got into it. Yeah. And there wasn't a single American in the room. Yeah. But that was... I just watched this happen and, and it's all flooding back now very yeah. vividly because that is essentially what happens yeah. over and over again between two or three individuals in the band's yeah. It's just... It's not... There's no house beat to it. <laughs> but it's not even the cro- cross culture because we would we would we would we would think that this is and it doesn't like beat it like beat you over the head with this Arab and Israelis look at how well they get along. Yeah, and again, that was what set me off at the first time. Yeah. I was like really, really, that's what this is about. But the Chet Baker one wasn't about mm. the cross cultural intersection. It was the older man and the younger man, both the, the Arabs, um, the uh, I think his name is Khalid, yes, Khalid the, the and um, and and that. There, when they were able, when he finally gave him, yes, I know Chet Baker, yes, and he's my, and I have every album. Um, not that I could, I don't know if I'm giving anything away, but time. Yeah, but yeah, that that movie. is one of the most. It's and and you just because you're just waiting, like someone meet him, someone meet him there in his Chet Baker love, and when he gave him that, it's just uh, yeah, it was a beautiful moment. 
Yeah, and it's unsaccharine. It doesn't feel... Nothing in the movie feels the way I dreaded that it would. Yeah. Which, again, it I've seen it twice now, and the first time through was a lot more tense of an experience because I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you, this happens to everybody, I hope. Uh, the second experience of a film, once you know where it's going, you know, you, some part of your brain can just relax and enjoy it, mm-hmm. even if it's a thriller, even if it's an action movie, you know basically who lives, who dies, yeah, who yeah. wins, who loses. And the first time I sat through the band's visit was very tense because it's like, oh, this isn't going to go, like, don't, please don't screw this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it to the third yeah, act. I yeah, don't want yeah. this to, to crap itself. And it doesn't. And then you watch it again, I think it must have been a month or two later, and it's just, it's so pleasurable. Yeah. And and then I start to knock myself for, for, for having my, uh, my guard up the first time yeah. and wondering why, it, you know, I'm old enough now that I should be able to just trust the film. And it all becomes about me uh, <laughs> berating myself for not liking the movie right yeah. the first time. But, but then you try to explain it to someone and you sound like you are a cult member. You know, like, it's so sweet, it's so yeah, nice, and it's yeah. exactly what people were saying to me, and I didn't believe them, so yeah. I understand what I must sound like. Yeah. But it is a movie that it trusts that you will understand how Absolutely. genuine it is, yeah. right? Like, that's the thing that makes it work. But it has to, you have to convince yourself that it's okay, yeah. that the film won't betray you. Yeah. Uh, or, or, and I think, I think the way that it works, the way the script works as well as it does is that the concept of the film, the conceit of the film is so simple that everyone in it is an underdog. Mm-hmm. That there's no villain, not really. No. There's intolerance, which is almost immediately pushed aside. Mm-hmm. And it moves to suspicion, which is a better engine for comedy. Um, you know, if you're, if you're reenacting the Arab-Israeli conflict uh, as a metaphor, you can't make a comedy. I mean, you can, but it's a really gruesome one. Yeah. It's, it always has to end very, very badly in people. It's punching down instead of punching up. And, and what this movie does is it just sort of establishes the premise gives us time to acclimate us ourselves acclimate mm-hmm. ourselves to it and then just rolls along yeah and it, but i do yeah. feel like he gave us a clue or or, or a, a cue mm. early on when 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 they first arrive and it's dina's cafe and she invites them in to eat and they're sitting at the at the at the table, and um, he, he, one of the band members looks up, and he sees all the pictures on the wall, and there's army tanks, and it's like you know some uh, glorified shot of yeah. uh, of a war, and he hangs his hat on it, and it's just that's like a, true, yeah. we're not going to talk about this, yeah, and not not in a way, but it's like that's not what this is about. We're actually just gonna, that's that's a fact. I don't really, we're not going to go into this, and I took that as a cue of. Well, obviously, just a, a you know personal character cue, but as also a cue to the viewer, that's not what this is about. Yeah, that's actually a really good point too. And and if there, it, that makes me think that the villain is history. Ultimately, I mean, like that's the mm-hmm. it's more of an obstacle than a villain, but yes. but it is one that is immediately neutered. Yes. It's neutered. Yeah. yeah. So, and again, like if you if you sit people down from opposing cultures uh, in an unofficial capacity, then. Generally, they don't talk about history. They don't immediately... I mean, that's that's the lie of all of the other straight treatments of mm-hmm, the story mm-hmm. is that they immediately... Oh, look, what a tragedy. They immediately revert to their yeah. to their old hatreds and, and their ingrained... And yeah, absolutely, bigotry is a thing and it's real, especially in that part of the world. But more often than not, it's easier to hate someone who isn't sitting across a table from you, right? Like You can hate in the abstract. And this film... Yeah, he just... he does it so gracefully mm-hmm. 
and part of the awkwardness can be read that way. Like if you want to, you can see it that way. But I, I don't think the, I mean, I don't think the actors are playing that kind of resentment. There, there's a sheepishness. There's a sort of a general softening that happens, and it very quickly you you can believe that it's just a you know, it really is simply a language barrier and not a yeah. a historical hatred that's the, separating the, people. The, the softening that you're talking about, you know, I always use in acting world or actually even just relationship world, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I always think of it as, you know, when you, when you see somebody, when you really allow, when you feel seen by yeah. somebody. And he does these these really beautiful pairings, these three pairings. So it's the two fathers... You know, one who's trying to finish his concerto and the other who's been on leave from work and both kind of trapped. Trapped. Oh, yeah. No, ev- I mean, everyone is literally trapped yes. by the situation, but, but these far two more fathers so. Here, yeah. have this, have this, this way that, they, you know, uh, literally he can't finish his concerto because ba- he had, you know, his wife had a baby and then you just, it just, life got busy. And then this other one where you can see this terrible birthday, wife's birthday party that is <laughs> crashed by the band. And, um, and, and the beautiful moment where, oh my gosh, it actually makes me cry. But um, <laughs> when, when the, um, I can't remember his name, but the, the Israeli father is sitting there staring at his, his, you know, daughter in the crib and he's thinking about why he can't, why the the guy can't finish his concerto. And he goes, maybe it's not a big thing. Maybe it's not, maybe it just ends. And it's not a big explosion. It's maybe, it's just a room and a sleeping child and, and loneliness. Like it just, it's, it's so sweet and it's so true um, to their experience of where the hell did their life go? when they became fathers and had the pressures of family and and where did their dreams go? And then the second pairing of Dina and Tofi uh, in in their loneliness and, uh, and, and both knowing love, wanting love, but, and I love that they don't, that nothing is romantic between them. That was my favorite thing. And that's, I think, also the first time I, 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 I saw it. I think the part of me that you were speaking about where you're like, on guard, please don't screw this up, please yeah, don't screw yeah, this yeah. up. All I was praying for was, please don't make them, like, because the, it, their journey wouldn't work. Their, their um, you know, their, uh, their, their bond, their, their deep understanding of each other wouldn't work if, it got romantic. Yeah, no, it's it's a mutual respect, yeah. which is such a and they a rare see each place. other in yeah. their that this the, in, in in their loneliness and and then the other great pair with Khaled Khaled and the 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 virgin Israeli boy with oh, the yes. roller skating scene. Yeah, where you have this like uh, you know gigolo. Guy taking him under his wing and uh, telling him how to how to make a move on a girl, and so um, it's just nothing was uh, political. These were these these are like the basic, you know, um, human communication one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really boils it down to the to the most simple concepts, and and again, that's how it travels internationally. That's how people connect to it anywhere. Um, 
I think everybody, you know, I don't know the experience of being stranded in, a, in an Israeli border town, but I've certainly considered the direction of my life and, and <laughs> yeah. whether or not it's gone where I wanted it to yeah. go. Um, mostly just resenting the fact that we don't have flying cars and all that stuff. You know, like we were sold a bill of goods, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> but but the, the sense of, yeah, just the sense of yearning and the yeah. sense of striving to be acknowledged and seen and recognized and again this the it, the smallness of it it could be any border anywhere it could be i mean i'm surprised there was no immediate attempt to remake it for like uh texas and mexico or something like that mm. where you could you could someone may yet still do it because it seems like that's a story that never goes away there's always going to be conflict between tribes uh of people wherever the tribes may be mm-hmm. whatever the tribes may mm-hmm. be there could be Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, there's probably an English comedy about a uh, soccer fans who, whose bus breaks down somewhere. And I mean, territory. it's a great premise. Yeah. It's like your classic premise of, you know, how do you get people who would never be in the same location? It's just it makes for great comedy. It makes for great drama. It makes mm. for great <laughs> conflict tension. Yeah, it's a premise as old as the hills. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I guess I, I was, res- I respected that. He trusted us to interpret it without, by just, by just feeling it and um, not, not pushing anything, stuffing anything down our throat. And yeah. I often as a viewer, um, that's my biggest, yeah, my, my biggest annoyance and, and real frustration is when you don't trust that we actually we we have so many uh ways to interpret stories um on personal levels on you know energetic levels on um on on just uh you know the psychological sure. give us the metaphors give us like just give us yeah. give us all the other ways give us the symbolism give us the colors give us just don't spell it out for us and um yeah i know there's some people who are like you know don't like those films and they leave saying like what was the point of that or I don't get it, but I appreciate the subtler, the subtler ways yeah. to tell a story. And I also think that as an actor, I appreciate playing those so much more because you have nothing else to go on but the truest expression of, of what that moment of interaction or sensation yeah. is. Yeah. And watching the film again, I was in awe of the performances that there is not a false note there. And that's really hard to say about many films out there. And I and I and I do think it's more challenging. I always remember Emma Thompson in a in an interview. She said the big scenes those are easy to play. The big, the crying, the yelling, the when you're sitting across from your husband of 50 years who you hate and cannot believe you have to share a bed with him again tonight and you ask him to pass the salt play that yeah how do you play that and that that uh, that's where what where I, I i love to kind of come to a character and their way in the world um from that place of um yeah the big oscar moments are those big <laughs> <laughs> those those big scenes but I so much more appreciate it. and I think people 
resonate with those so much more because they, they, they recognize, they know it, they don't have to be, they don't need the grand gestures, it's that, it's the, um, it's, 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 it's the small stuff, and it really shows so, it, it says so much about, you know, that br the brilliant casting, because they all just, um, yeah, they hit the notes, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, this is the thing that, come, that I always come back to in these conversations. This is a first feature. He got it. Like, he knew... And wrote it. Yeah. And directed it. So yes. many films from first-time directors are so insistent on their style or their impact, and they need to be noticed. Yeah. You know, a filmmaker... It's like the first novel. You put everything into it. You're afraid some this will mm -hmm, be your only mm -hmm, chance. Mm -hmm. Someone will take it away from you. And there's always this sense of sometimes you get an incredibly assured debut sometimes you get a movie that moves with confidence but more often than not it's a, a calling card for talent yeah look what else i can yeah, do yeah 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 this movie it doesn't even come up to you and beg to be liked yeah yeah it's just there yeah. it's it's really it is confident that way but in an unshowy sort of yeah uh entirely relaxed approach that made me even happier for it uh succeeding because yeah. it's it's just like watching someone uh walk up to a, a golf tee and hit a hole in one without yeah. even straining yeah it's not it's, trying too hard yeah yeah and no one else is either he can like he clearly can direct actors and everybody responds to him um to the to the tone they all find the right yeah. tension and they just play it and yeah. it's and it's got music in it and yeah. it's got all this other stuff it's and you can tell he trusted the 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 actors mm -hmm. like obviously guided them well but there's some powerful actors there and you yeah. know just by their own bodies of work um well we were going like Renée Elkins yeah. had already directed a movie on her own but she is a powerhouse of a woman mm -hmm. and I will never cut a watermelon the same after <laughs> I saw her in that watermelon scene and then I did I have seen glimpses of um, or little excerpts from the Broadway musical yeah. and of course they have that watermelons yeah. I mean it's just it's the and and especially for like an Israeli woman like that's the that's um it's such a like the ease the skill um the the, the power of it yeah. um but uh yeah she she doesn't overpower him and he just gives her this space to um to be so strong so beautiful and yet you're not wanting to be her. No. Because it's sad. Yeah, exactly. She knows Yeah. She knows her own tragedy yeah. as well as her own strength. Yeah. And that's something it makes her his equal. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. But it also lets us understand that it's not a role she necessarily wants. Yeah. And you know, that and that comes back to the idea of people whose lives get away from them, right? Yeah. I mean, in in the larger sense, if you're looking for a metaphor the Israeli-Arab conflict has stolen the destinies and the, the futures of, of, you know, tens of hundreds of mm. thousands of people uh, over over decades mm. because nobody's life is going where they want it. Even the ones who are living happily are still in a compromised state, mm. literally. But um, none of it comes out. Like, it's just there. It's all, it's all just there if you mm -hmm. want to add it for that extra level mm -hmm. of melancholy. Mm -hmm. But these people don't have the time to explain themselves or the interest in doing yeah. it. And you don't feel bad for yeah, them. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was really interesting too. That it's, you, there isn't pity. 
You know, he's not asking f- for that. You don't want to be any of them. Um, so it's not a, a, a you know, um, he's not trying to uh, endow, uh, endow them with uh, with any kind of fa- fantasy or, or yeah, I, yeah. There's I, no I, idealization, I guess I, I, right? They're, yeah. just, they're presented as they are. Yes, which doesn't make you pity them nor want to be them, you know, or envy them. And so, um, which I think is also a very clever thing. I don't know how you do that. It's certainly not in filmmaking 101. You want you want people to want to be your people yeah. <laughs> that you're creating, you know, or hate them. You want to, to stir up some really strong emotion towards them. And that's also not happening in it, yeah. which is crazy. And that's what I meant about but the first picture. But you care about right? them. Like he just doesn't try to sell anything. I know. So... It ends up being a little bit of a. I mean, I, I'm a. I'm early in my screenwriting career, um, but I, 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 as an actor, this you know, over 25 years, the scripts that I've read, the stories that I've played out, seeing how what something looks like and then how it goes to the screen, I feel like I've had, I've, I, I, I have a really great, tr- you know, training and understanding for how these stories work and for. Um, where they're where they where they fall, um, what you know what their weaknesses are, but this one kind of is a mystery to me. I'm not quite other than he just wrote from his heart. Yeah. Because, really, how does something like that become so? How does a story about those people become so successful when you're not pulling heartstrings and when you're not um, over glorifying or over dramatizing something? Yeah, I mean... But that's why I think it's just pure. Yeah. It's just freaking pure. It's almost like he found the algorithm, whatever it is, yeah. for... Of honesty. Honesty, empathy. <laughs> yes. And like encouraging people yeah. to lean into the story rather yes. than be repulsed by yeah. the calculation. It doesn't feel calculated. No. Which, to, to bring it back to my initial misgivings, right? Like, it sounded like the most contrived thing. Wow. That's like really, and they all learn to be better people. Really, that's what the, that's what it is, isn't it? That's what happens. Music brings in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus, yes. But you know, I defy anybody to to watch it and remain cynical. It is just. Yeah. It doesn't. First of all, it doesn't care if I'm cynical. It just tells yeah. a story. Yeah. And I think that's it, right? There's yeah. no sell. Um, it just, it's just a really good movie. Yeah. And of of the sort that people don't make anymore, because when they do. Oh well, how the heck do you sell that? Yeah, and it's it's a hard how sell. You pin- <laughs> or you or you. And give nothing in, really right? happens. Yeah, but, but it's like the opening line. A long, uh, you know, a long not a long time ago. At one time, however, they started. Yeah. Uh, you know, once one day, time, once upon a time, a band ended up here, and oh well, you probably didn't hear about it because it wasn't that important. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they it's opened also, the film. It's just a great way of of underselling. Right? Yes, like there's. You know, the immediate impulse is, of course, you're like, well, if it's not that interesting, why am I watching yeah. this movie? But then you very quickly, yeah, no, 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 you learn that there's a reason. You know, like that. That's the whole. Oh, what do they say about uh, stage plays? Always start where you would finish. You like begin after the party. Begin yeah, yeah, after yeah. the dinner. Yeah. Start with characters coming home. Yeah. Wherever after the go- big action took place. Yeah. Exactly. Wherever they're going to be, yeah. that's the most dramatic yeah. thing because it's all about fallout. Yeah. Uh, or confrontation of someone arriving. And this movie just has... Every scene is like that. Every yeah. scene is the beginning of another play. It's the yeah. beginning of another story for yeah. the characters that are in it. And, yeah, it's just marvelous. It's just such a... 
An unexpected... Oh, God damn it. I'm talking in pull quotes. It's an unexpected delight. But it is. <laughs> it's it's the film that... Yeah. You know, it's hard to resist. It's funny because I was... I, I, I was... I asked my husband to... I was like, do you want... I'm going to watch it again. Um, do you want to join me? You've never seen it? And so he's watching in the first 10 minutes. He's like, this is your favorite film? <laughs> and I said, no, it's not my favorite film. But this is a film that has been with me for a very long time. And I can't escape it. And I keep coming back to it. But by the end of it, he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you make us care about these people? Mm-hmm. That nothing and nothing spectacular is happening. And and at the end, it's not a happy ending. It's not, it's, it's not yeah. a not happy ending. Yeah. But the weirdest thing is when they finally play at the end, I... I remember in the theater dancing and I remember well just that music is just amazing music but when they when that beat kicks in and he starts at the drums it's like I'm celebrating I'm happy I feel good right now yeah I'm not (laughs) I don't really know what I'm saying but because you just keep you keep just everyone just keeps living moving on doing your thing yeah and doing it the best way you can yeah it feels like an acknowledgement of everything that's happened yeah that it is, I mean, it is a climax, yeah. technically, but it isn't the end of anything. Yeah, it's just, you know, they're all going to go their separate ways yeah. and they will never be the same yeah. again. That's yeah. like that quiet understanding, like a... But something's changed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just they're, they're oh, what's the line? Somebody used to say this, like, the, if you could end a film where everyone's worlds are larger. Yeah. If you can end a novel with a sense of a... Of a greater illumination of yeah. the world then then that's what you should aim and for and they do that yeah. well he does that yeah it'll just even if it's simply that they'll be humming that music for the rest yeah. of their lives in idle moments yeah. you just have a sense of, of continuity of there's something else is going to happen to them and they'll be different in their responses yep. because yep. of what's happening exactly. here yeah and I am I just I just spoke to friends who came back from New York and saw it there and they hadn't seen the film oh yeah so for them that's their only that's their only um their only experience their of the story. Their only experience yeah. of the story. And they just said it was one of the most beautiful things. Oh, yes. So now I have to go to New York and see it and just continue my, my the, the, the next decade of how this, this yeah. story is going to well, and, feed me. And I, I know, because this is fascinating to me as well, uh, that Tony Shalhoub had to leave the show yeah. for a while. And so the actor from the film from is Tufik. now... Yeah, the, yeah, the actor who played Tufik. He's uh, now playing yes. the role, yeah. right? And I'm going to look him... Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to yeah. blatantly look it up right now because I've got the pronunciation wrong. Uh, yeah, Sasan Gabay yeah. uh, is playing the role on I know, Broadway. I know. Which, you know, again, for a working actor 10 years ago, I can't imagine he expected that was going no. to happen. No. But it's going I, to... I, and I'm actually quite excited by that because that means... That means if I book now... Yeah, you'll have a chance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although Tony Shalhoub, who's become this recurring character on the podcast, because just last week we did Big Night. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, which is a, a, a wonderful film. And, and again, you know, he's a Lebanese-American actor playing an Italian caricature. Here, he would be playing someone far, far closer yeah, to his yeah, own yeah. heritage and experience. And I'd love to see that. I would, especially because I have I have seen him in the flesh and his, he's, like, his minimalism is amazing. And I'd love to see how that translates yeah, to stage work. Yeah. But I kind of want to see Goodbye in a role because... Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, that sounds perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. When you go. 
That's the most uh, important no. question. When can you get there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's now, yeah, this was my this is my kick in the butt <laughs> to make it happen. This is my reminder of, yeah, the film has had an impact on you. Now just give it its <laughs> give yeah, it its give props. It its and go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, to that end, then that brings us to the final question of of the podcast, which is, you know, is there anything of the band's visit that you have? borrowed or stolen or referenced or incorporated into your own creative DNA I mean as a writer or as a performer yeah I think the the trusting that people will feel the things you want them to feel because we are we are all having a human experience here and even if sometimes I might be and often my work as an actor is culturally specific and I do stories that are you know very culturally specific um you know the the question is always how does that translate or how do you make that more how do you make that more universal experience and I've always I've always believed and I know that I've I've, because I've seen how the work has has you know gone beyond that boundary if you keep it based in that human place of uh love of um wanting to wanting to connect um and not have the not have the sometimes the 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 mission or the mandate to spread the message which this film could have very well done um keep it about the people keep it about the heart and i think that is uh that's those are good words for an artist to live by my thanks to Tamara Podemski, who you can see alongside Emily Hampshire, Eric Roberts, and Katie Boland in Never Saw It Coming, which opens in Toronto at the Cineplex Young and Dundas this Friday, August 17th. It'll be playing elsewhere and available on demand later this year. You can follow Tamara on Twitter at Tamara Podemski, all one word, and though the DVD edition of The Band's Visit is out of print, you can snag a used copy pretty much anywhere, and it's available on iTunes and through Amazon Video in the U.S. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you feel like leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy the show, that would be greatly appreciated. Every little bit helps. It truly does. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. Just too darn loud.